Well, happy new year. How you doing? It's almost the new year, but people are hearing this in the new year. That's right. We're time traveling again. That's what right. What day is we it? Have, we what have gone back to the future. Who's the president? Ah! <laughs> Richard's getting sucked down a portal. <laughs> oh, Worst things have happened in the last couple of weeks, I can assure you. Um, Especially for we get, you. Well, yeah, I've had it rough with the um, with the phony coronavirus that definitely does exist. Um, oh, you got the fake one? Cold. You got the, yeah. you got the fake one? <laughs> oh, of course. Is, is there any oh, other good. one? All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we get on, I, I feel in the light of last week's episode where we interviewed and chatted to um, Keelan, uh, who you may know as KDH, um, who's super, super young, by the way, Bri. I did not realize how young he was until we actually got him on the show. And I thought, oh, you're he's, my daughter's age. Yeah, he's he's quite, I mean, just he comes off very wise and more mature than I would say, than I was, was expecting. Right. Someone For one so young, you know, yeah. And kind of like some of the stuff he's been through. It was really interesting. So uh, l- listen to the show. But I feel I better confess to all the crimes that I have committed in the past before <laughs> he puts a show out about me. So... <clears throat> In 1986, I definitely do. In 1986, I borrowed a copy of Alfred Hitchcock's Monster Museum from the Great Missenden Church of England School Library. I never returned that book. In 19... I need a a boo. Hold on, let's see if I got a boo here somewhere. There's a boo? Has he actually got a working media library this week? Has he? Uh, Has he? I don't... No. You know what? They changed it again. I got it. I got... Wait, nope, doesn't work yet. Never mind. Ignore me. In in 1989, I performed a crime to fashion and wore fluorescent yellow socks with black slip-on shoes. In 1992, I once accidentally moved a priest's cassock from under his stole, uh, causing much confusion. Uh, Do I need to go on? Yes. Oh, I, I really don't more? think you've I done You've done more worse stuff than that? These well, are the worst crimes that I've committed. All you I've have to do, okay. listeners, is you just go subscribe to the Patreon, where you can hear Richard and I on the previous episode talking about all the degenerate things <laughs> that we did in our youth. Yes. I'm a terrible man. A terrible, actually, terrible, terrible. Actually, there's man. some there's some damaging things. Don't don't subscribe to the Patreon. There's some yeah. damaging things <laughs> there. <laughs> Definitely gnarly. don't. I'm just saying there was a drive-by strategy? airsoft shooting. <laughs> this oh. is the new marketing yeah. strategy. Don't subscribe because yeah. we'll probably be in prison or something. Yeah, we yeah might don't, don't that let that get out to the public. I, I took pyrotechnics to a cinema. No, do not talk about it. Actually, um, <laughs> my cousin was just over, uh, and that has led to many things which I'll come on to. But what are the things that came on to? Did I ever tell you the, the story of when my uh, younger cousin, I think I must have mentioned this, blew up a federal mailbox using an M80 explosive? You know the no, quarter but I stick imagine of... that that's apparently it's quite a serious crime to blow up a so mailbox out there. That's a federal crime here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's he was visited crime. by the uh, the boys with shades. Let's just put it that way. So um, that's what happens if you sell children those sort of pyrotechnics at, at Halloween or whenever you sell. Them. It's really the fireworks problem, fireworks store problem, right? They should I have think never so. sold it to him. Exactly. They didn't do a proper background check. That's no. right. It's their mm-hmm. fault. That's Otherwise, they would have found he also had about 400 of them stashed at home. Um, <laughs> so I tell you about my dad's uh, mailbox contraption. I can't remember if I ever told you about this. Huh. Rings so, a bell. But then as tradition, you know, people would drive by and smash 
you know, mailboxes with baseball bats like they were a teenage bully in an 80s yeah. movie, you know, type Very of thing. Very common here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he bought a rubber mailbox and put it on a hinge so that when it happened, it would just fall over and like, and he'd just go out and pop it back up and no, no big deal. And then they blew it up. Uh, and and so his response to that was was actually pretty brilliant he got a insane uh, a garage made insanely heavy duty solid steel mailbox that was like i don't know almost a half inch thick probably if i had to guess just the beefiest so the opposite instead of it falling over internet just being disconnected i I think the i think the portland internet just died what I can see you guys fine. You guys are so you, so you had us. You had us on the edges of our seats. So. Yeah, we were like what? Industrial nothing. What? Nothing. You're nothing have at to, all. Where did you? Have, where did I cut off at? So he had this stainless steel mailbox, and then what? Uh, oh yeah, he had the big. I didn't quite finish. I didn't say what you guys started like. Oh, Portland internet. Oh, like, what? Okay. What's going on? Anyway, he had the big beefy mailbox, and then now it's frozen. Is this now it's might, frozen. You might need to, I don't know, maybe change your internet service. You know, mm. I only have problems with you guys, and I re- use it's the me. same service. It's me. Every I am week. the curse. Yeah. I'm giving uh, you electronic it's... COVID. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, solid steel mailbox came out. There was a small dent in it one day, or uh, uh, and some bat parts, and it was like, oh, that didn't feel good, and that never happened again. So that's the end of that story. Bat parts, so the the bat actually exploded or broke. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. So that, that was a bad so evening. I, yeah. Have you ever known anyone to do that? Because I have, and apparently that can really hurt your hands and wrists. I'm sure that it's, it does. It, this is a very American thing. So in England, we don't have. Now this is going to blow Brian's mind completely. I know we don't have mailboxes, Brian. That's like, a well, what do you put? What do you put mail in? Like a through slot in the door? The fr- exactly through the front okay. door. As yeah, some people was, have some people have mail slots. Yeah. Well, yeah, it makes yeah. it a lot harder to do a drive-by batting, but also <laughs> quite a lot more violent <laughs> so, if that does happen. Hold on. So I used to live in an apartment complex when I was a kid that had mail slots. I can tell you there are other things that you could do in mail slots. <laughs> yes, they probably aren't cool. <laughs> You know, <laughs> they are a, very not I mean, cool. You know, I, let's I say you have I to use the restroom real bad. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. mm. I mean, uh, things can happen, you know. But that is definitely, uh, as far as I'm aware, an American phenomena the drive by <laughs> mailbox <laughs> violence. Uh, but as I said, my cousin took it to another level when he, um, he exploded an M80 because this came about because we were reminiscing about the time. We may or may not have, and it was 30 years ago, so you can't arrest me now, let off some sort of firework in the Roosevelt Tunnel in New York City. And that thing was loud. You couldn't do that today. If you did it today, you'd be arrested immediately. But back then, Uh, eh, We're calling for the extradition of one Mr. Richard Oliver. (laughs) We're going to need you to send him to... I'll give you an extradition, son. (laughs) (laughs) Well, an extra one. Um... (laughs) Oh, wait, this isn't Patreon. I mean, just Hold one on. would be nice. Reel it back um, in. Uh, yeah, reel it back in. Blake, uh, so, look, th- this, I-, I have to tell this chronologically because so many parts of the past few weeks kind of come from what's happened to me in the past two weeks. So, okay. I got the COVID. The COVID mm-hmm. hit 
the day before my cousin, Paul, who listens to the show, was due to land in the UK for what was essentially going to be a week of like hanging and jamming and all of that good stuff. Instead, sure. I couldn't even pick him up from the airport. My mum had to pick him up. He went to their house. My mum then got COVID and he had to roam the country like a wandering minstrel looking for a home. So eventually by Wednesday of last week, he kind of got into a hotel and I came to visit him. And the first very brilliant thing happened, which was he wanted a guitar to play while I wasn't around. So I took him my um, uh, Gordon Smith T-style, Telecaster style, uh, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. loved it, even though he noted it was quite heavy and has a bowed neck. Um, but what amp do you take? What amp do you take to your hotel room of your cousin who wants to jam, Bri? Katana. I did not take my katana because my daughter hmm. has taken that. I took my Soldano like mini amp. Well, I just definitely oh, did. Oh, yeah, that's, a good, that's right. You do have a mini amp. Yeah, that'd be I took cool, my Soldano mini amp my, my custom 8-inch uh, cabinet, and that thing is awesome. It's so good. Like, you can walk through a hotel, no one can tell that you have something that can make people scream at midnight. I mean, they might do, but, you know... Um, so we, we took that, we set that up. That's a great little thing just to have one of those. It's worth having a mini amp just so that if you ever find yourself in the, I need something to lend someone to jam with overnight. It's there. It's brilliant. I think I should start manufacturing So you need some MIDI, some little MIDI pad drums, you know, like the little, little, uh, miniature set of MIDI pads. Oh yeah. You could put Mm -hmm. them on top of the amp. Yeah. That way you can, you know, one person can play drums, one person can play guitar. And throw Mike in there, and you got a you got a full band, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a singing. bad shout, Bri. I like Bust it. Bust out um, some cold rhymes. Cold rhymes, okay. Um, yeah, cold yeah. rhymes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Busting he did. Yeah, cold uh, rhymes. My name he is Richard, like and I'm here to say. Oh, oh, exactly. oh mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going uh, to podcast every day. Yeah, I'm not. Um, although it feels like it sometimes. Um, <laughs> he bought me the chips that you recommended. He bought me oh, chips, Tim's jalapeno chips, and I forgot the other name. Zap's voodoo chili, or whatever they're called. You can mm-hmm, correct me mm-hmm, if I've got mm-hmm. that wrong. Voodoo chow, I think. Voodoo, ch- not chili. Voodoo chow. Uh, uh, I don't think they are named mm-hmm. after the uh, 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 <laughs> the return, Hendrix exactly. song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can review both of those for you, Blake. The okay. um, the jalapeno ones are mighty hot, but they're lovely. What? They're really nice chips. They're not that hot. But if you have, I mean, maybe we're calibrated differently, but that okay. is a hot chip. The other All ones right. were really sweet and zingy, and I liked them. But the jalapeno ones were quite hot, Blake. How many can you eat before requiring lubrication? Oh, the whole bag. Really? Yeah. Did you just say lubrication and juice? <laughs> Have you been eating asbestos all what? your life? What? Uh, it's lubrication as in, you know, something for your throat, Bri, like water or ice cream or milk. When is water lubrication? Uh, okay. That's, a, that's the thing I put, like to put in my car, you know. The, uh, I, I mean, I don't oil. want to answer that. I use uh, water. 
I don't want to answer that question because it could don't lead me that, into Richard. trouble in at least yes, seven no. seven states out there. Um, <laughs> but they are they are some hot chips, Blake. Uh, I enjoyed those. Um, we did finally get to jam uh, at the end of the week. My cousin came here and we played some Pink Floyd's and we jammed. And you know it was brilliant, but uh, I, I was kind of disappointed in myself because you forget how much calibration it takes to get your amps to sound good together. We just don't think about mm. it when we're mm-hmm. sat in our bedroom or in our studio. But when I plug the bass amp in and he's playing the bass and I've got this old Arno crank, I'm like, this all just sounds muddy and weird and what's going wrong here? I mean, some of the time I might have had the tone knob rolled off. That that makes a difference. Why but, does it sound so muddy? Uh, is the treble all the way down? Yes. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah, so what? Um, but no, actually, Neck there pick is up, treble a all the way down. Way oh, yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> there is a different way of calibrating your amps and your sound to play with other musicians, which unless you do it regularly, you kind of forget about. Uh, are you with me on that one, Bri? I'm trying to figure out what you're saying exactly. I'm saying you need to have more treble when you're playing with a bass guitar than you might need if you're playing without <laughs> a bass so, guitar. Because you want maybe. to cut so through. It depends. it depends, because think about it. Think, uh, instrumentation, right? So if you have a trumpet, you have piano, maybe another form of keys like the, like the B9. This you is know, the greatest like scar band I've you ever have, heard of. <laughs> you got harmonica, mm. you got steel guitar, you got harpist chord. Because isn't that what Blake has? Is the harpist chord? You know what that's the, the harpist chord. No. The buttons. I sure the harpist. No. What's that called? It's called, that called? O- it's called the Omni Mega Hyper Chord. Uh, there you go. There you got it. That thing. You got one of those things, <laughs> and then you got, of course, you got a couple kazoo players in the back. Now you got all kinds of frequency. Pl- this is the biggest redneck orchestra up. I've ever See, heard of in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got a goat. You know. So on top of all that stuff. You got to try to figure out where you're going to fit in the frequency spectrum. Can you boost my man? Boost my man and my monitors. <laughs> uh, anyways, so it's long story short, Richard. Yes, you're right. Right. Thank you. <laughs> long, long story short, turn up the treble when playing with a bass guitar. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, oh man! My New Year's resolution is I am going to be dumber this year. Impossible, and that's no, impossible. No, bro. I still have I still have more room. I have more room. He still manages uh, to I, log I, on I to this down. program somehow. Yeah, that's right. That's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's a good time for us to look at our New Year's resolutions. I'm, as a smooth, I'm gonna find more segue. I'm going to find more germanium diodes. <laughs> that's another one. That'd be nice. You can no. just buy some off analog. I'm gonna man. try not he, to get. He made a whole video showing um, how he had a reel of them. He has two reels of them. That's that's absolutely two reels. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the way, Mike, I will buy all those off you. Just let me know. Give me a shout. Shout out. You know, buy them all. I'll buy them all. So uh, yeah, let's talk about New Year's resolutions, Blake. What what do you have in in your mind for how you're going to change in 2024? Hmm. No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I am going to not change by being awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty awesome. Um, so why would I want to be any different, you know? If I could grow an extra eye that would work, that would be a nice change, but I don't think that's probably going to happen. Hey, uh, give it some time, man. Maybe 10 or 15 years. You never know. 
Have you tried typing that into chat GPT, seeing if it can fix it for you? Grow me an eye. Write code in Python to grow me an eye. Yeah, no, I don't really do New Year's resolutions per se. We've discussed this before. Yeah. Yeah, they're just I'll an excuse for me to beat myself but... up for how much of a massive failure I am, right? But you don't play that game. <laughs> but I like I like to taunt you with it. Yeah, I might, I might have some goals here or there, but I, I rarely am like, well, uh, new year, new me. I'm like, nope, same old me. That's what you're going to get. That's what you're getting. It's worked so far. I was thinking more, though, about like gear-related goals. Is there some new gear you want, or do you want to learn to do something different with gear you've got? Mm, that's a good. That's a good one. I am always trying to get better at the the old mixing. There's always something to learn with that stuff. I'm just like trying to get things to sound better in a like in the context of a song or even a pedal demo. Just trying to get better at mixing is, I think. As much of a never-ending journey as learning to get better on the guitar, and I find that stuff uh, very fascinating and very rewarding. And um, I have gotten a lot better at it, and I'm still not that good at it. That's the thing. There's a lot of room to grow there. I'm not that good of a guitar player either, but like for some reason, the you know it satisfies that like tendency I have towards modifying and tweaking and changing things. Like I really enjoy. Mixing, and I, I, I want to continue to the interesting thing, learn more and get better at that. I don't know if that's really a resolution, mixing. though. It's just kind of something I want to do. Do you resolve to do it? I guess. Then it is a resolution. Huh? All right. I, I preempted the answer because you're, you're about four seconds lagging at the moment. But yeah, uh, you got some serious lag going on there, my man. It, it, it appears to be fixing itself. One of the things I would say about mixing is... You only ever realize how little you know about mixing when you start to learn about mixing. Because right. up until about a year ago, all of my mixing was add a little bit here, cut a little bit there, shelve it there, oh, a bit of compressor here, a bit of reverb there. Yeah, sounds fine. Boom. Knock it out. Send it off to Simon Cow. Now I'm looking <laughs> at every single frequency band and going, should I be doing this? Should I be using this? And I know nothing. And I've watched about eight courses so far, and I know less uh, whilst simultaneously knowing loads more because I'm now frightened of doing anything because I know that everything I do is wrong. And that's that kind of... That's like when you first learn to play the guitar and you learn a few scales and you think you're brilliant because you can like improvise on those scales. That's a very happy place to be. When you actually realise you know nothing and you have to practice for years just to be mediocre. That's a depressing place to be. I don't know. There's something about always changing and growing and <laughs> never never knowing anything. What's so funny? Blake has a uh he's got a Strymon on his on his voice right now. There's about a eight Well what's amusing is is he sent us a screenshot showing how his latency was amazing. And when it came in, it then took him 20 seconds to answer the last question. <laughs> I, I blame Richard. It's, it's definitely my fault. I've learned that this week. Everything is my fault. Um, yeah, so the COVID kind of ruined uh, things for me, but I have been thinking about my New Year's resolutions. Resolution number one is to own a jazz master. 
uh, and not an acoustic uh, one. So I definitely think that's got to happen. That is something year. I don't have. I do not have a jazz master. Uh, see, I'm thinking you're never going to get a jazz master platform for. I I, I really need to because I I love the Fender stuff. I, I I would call myself more of a Fender player than I would like a Gibson player. Even though, well, I like my 335 too. I'm a liar. I like them both, but I really <laughs> I think I really do need a jazz master. I think it's the you know the final frontier for me. I think there's got to be a jazz master this year. And I, I quite like the idea of sticking some noiseless pickups in something because I haven't got any and my daughter has and they're brilliant. Uh, so I might get myself a jazz master and then try messing with the pickups. Don't know. We'll see. What jazz what master does she have? Oh, she uh, has a noiseless pickup. Yeah, I mean, didn't, you didn't say she had a jazz master. Got it. Yeah. Although she does mm-hmm. have a Jaguar bass. Short scale Ooh, bass. That's cool. That's almost... Uh, that's, yeah. So what kind of pickups? I mean, so you're assuming you're going to get a jazz master and the pickups going to suck, right? Or else you would I, I mean, I, maybe. So what, what are you wanting to change them to? <clears throat> well, I'd, I've been looking at the um, that Greg Cock set from Fishman. Uh, oh, and the stuff. Yeah, right. and their stuff tends to be utterly amazing. And Stefan, uh, our colleague, is like, once you put Fishman's in something, you will never have other pickups in anything ever again. And when someone endorses something that mm. much, I kind of have to try it out, Bry. So I think you should try it. I've, I, yeah, my opinion's a little different, but you should try them. See if you like them. Yeah, I, think I like I them. I, them. I haven't played the Greg Cock ones, but um, I like them quite a bit. But I wouldn't quite say that i wouldn't quite say i'll never need anything else because for but i'm also using them for the the chugs and they're brilliant for that the ones that i have i have the uh javier uh raez um eight string pickups so they're a little specific and i'm sure that fishmen have you know, a range of other sounds. I know they do because I've played their six string humbucker, like more traditional ones too. And they're great. But, um, I think you would probably yeah. really enjoy just some traditional jazz master sounds though, Richard, like just regular. Well, I'm going to try that jazz first, master. but I feel yeah. like fiddling. I'm not going to lie. I feel like fiddling. I've got, a f- I-, oh. I will talk about my next fiddling project in a minute, but I want to do some. Why fiddling. don't you just get a violin then? Yeah, that's probably a good... Because they're difficult to play, Blake. We've been through that. They are. You have to be a genius <laughs> to play a violin properly. Properly. Um, so my resolutions for 2024 are get a jazz master and stop being such a dick and be a better person. But I think I'll only achieve one of those. So let's see what I one. think you'll probably get a jazz uh, master. I, it's probably going to happen. I think you're probably not going to stop being a jerk. It's very unlikely, isn't it? Let's face it. Why change the habit of a lifetime? So, Bri, have you got any um, resolutions? <laughs> I mean, yours is to be more stupid. You've already told us that, but um, what's your real resolution? Got any new pedals yeah, coming yeah, out? Yeah, my, pedals? yeah, I mean, I'm being stupid. But yeah, I mean, I think I go back and forth, and, and I don't want to let too many cats out of too many bags here, but I definitely am excited about our releases. I want to do... Hmm... Uh, um, mm-hmm. I want to do more things. 
So that's you know, well like, done, Brian. I could tell you were trying <laughs> to think you know of a way of more anonymizing your content. There, it's like, more how thing. can I, I give them a hint to... without giving them... ah things stuff? <laughs> I want to do... do more stuff. Now, I'm I'm gonna do... Do... <sighs> that's for. I just want to have more. Like I literally, I... eh. <laughs> this sucks. This is so terrible. This flag is freaking killing me. Okay. So I want to do a video per week and I want it to be of a certain type uh, on, on the YouTube. And I think I would, I would like to do a lot more leases this year, I think, but without a lot more lasers. without just releases. Oh, okay. I think. So I think some more, some more releases. Yeah. I want to do some, uh, I want, I want to do a little bit more on the DIY side as well. Yes. Oh, well, uh, I would like to talk to you now about the DIY side because I have my latest kit from the wonderful folk at Jed's Peds in the UK. I have the P9 Muff Kit. Uh, PI9. Pig, really. Let me me show you the... Is it op amp or is this transistor? It's transistor, Bri. Okay. So look, let's... There's the unpopulated circuit board, Bri. It's quite a big one for me. Mm -hmm. It's got a few holes in it. That's that's going to be fun. So this is the you're this is the not a muff then. This is the not a muff. So um, I mean, <laughs> it requires a little bit more uh, putting together than the not a clon kits, I think. Yeah, but the uh, the transistor is a five zero eight eight. It uses four five zero eight eight transistors. High gainers, huh? It, so well, that's what I was about to ask you. Tell me about the five zero eight eight transistor, Bry. I think you already did though. So um, there's not a whole lot to say. It's a higher gain one, and it might be a little more noisy. But that's not a you know that's not a traditional type of transistor, is it? No, I don't. I don't think for the muff. Is it PNP or NPN? NPN. Is it NPN? Let me see. I forget. I forget on that one. And uh, it's not it? a metal canister one. It's a plastic one. So. Yeah, same thing. Package, same package. Yeah, it's an NPN. That's right. But e- easier to. Uh, oh, Blake appears to have gone to sleep. Either that or his lag is really bad. Uh, I think I think his lag is just so terrible. Yeah. But you know, a lot of people talk about the op amp big muffs, right? That was yeah. That was the one that was kind of cool like circuit. the Gilmore mm-hmm. thing. So yep. maybe maybe once I've built the um, the transistor big muff, the answer is to move on to the op amp big muff. Is it? It's, yes, so I, that's actually one of the videos I want to do is I want to uh, oh, mess around with the op amp big muff. Um, oh, oh, one of the videos that I want to do, which I'm writing notes for now that Richard has just given me the idea to do because he yeah, is doing no. something that I, <laughs> I can got, monetize. I got to find my schematic. Okay, oh, so, what's going on that's here? Right, that's right, that's right. So the, the big problem with the op amp big muff is that you have actually the same problem as the transistor big muff. Your output impedance is so high that I would label that stupid. Okay. And so therefore, you really need to put a buffer in there. Got to put a buffer before you go out. So, but at the end of the chain. So essentially, uh, you send out your stupid impedance signal and then stick a buffer over it to buff it down to shape. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I mean, Is that that's, how it works. You basically think of it as Legos. You run. 
this circuit in Legos? I'm more advanced than Legos, my friend. <laughs> you run this into a buffer circuit and then you go out. I've copped a lot of crap for my controversial Lego views. I'm just going to tell you, I get at least one post a day where someone is showing me the Lego kit they've bought and writes something like, so you think I'm just a child, do you, Mr. Oliver? Yes, I do. A big <laughs> child who I'm jealous of, all right? Yes, I would like to have the Death Star in Lego. Of course I would. Uh, but I am um, a parent, so that's never going to happen. Uh, back to the Big Muff, Bri. Yep. Tell me you about it. You need a buffer. Okay. No matter which version you're building, you need a buffer at the end. Now, I probably... I'm, not, I'm just not a big... I, I'm not a big fan of that tone sack. I know it well, does a thing. Well, but I like to change it so it's a little more mid-peaky. We cut through a little better. So I've got a question for you uh, about one of the controls on it, though. And, of course, it comes back to the original Big Muff, which is the sustain control on it. How are you, how are you qualifying the sustain control on a Big Muff, a standard Big Muff, and what are you actually controlling, and what part of the circuit are you messing with to control it? You're talking on the transistor? Yes. Uh, give me three seconds. So stall for three seconds while I find I a could big stall. schematic. Um, I will mention, um, actually, uh, while, while Blake was sleeping, he had his head covered in his brand new Rocket Music Gear tone mm, hat that I bought him and that. Brian for Christmas. Look at that on this audio um, podcast. It is, mm -hmm. It's a rather beautiful hat from uh, the guys and girls, actually, at Rocket Music Gear. You can find their stuff at rocketmusicgear.etsy.com. Um, I came across them first. Well, I've seen their stuff. I, I, I actually didn't realize that the person who runs it and the business were the same thing because I get a lot of kind of guitar-related people reach out to me on, on Facebook. And I posted a picture of the hat, and they were a little bit miffed that I hadn't given them credit. Uh, so I immediately fixed that. But the reality is, is it's like what I've said before. If I don't give somebody credit when I repost something on Facebook, it's not that I don't want to, it's just I've completely forgotten who it was that posted it in the first place because I'm part of four trillion guitar groups. However, this one right. should have stuck out. Uh, but yeah, I sent Brian and you a hat for Christmas, but Brian hasn't shown me his hat yet. I think he's already I have not, given, I'm sorry. It, it's a, given it's it inside. to a goat. Well, I'm in the barn. It is in my house, so I can't be asked to go walk there get it now. Fairy well, my wife said, take that out to the shed shed where yeah. it belongs. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, yes. Uh, so to answer your question, the quote-unquote sustain control is literally just exactly like a volume control before the gain circuit. So it's just doing what a tube amp does. That's how you control gain. That's generally so how you control the gain sustain is wrong, on the really. And that's what I, that's what I so, was thinking. Uh, I was thinking sustain was is, a little bit of marketing. Because the reality this is, is yeah, it's, it's another gain control. It's so frustrating because I see on different gear groups quite a bit where someone says, no, the control says it's a, you know, uh, I don't know. It, it's a fatness control. Therefore, it definitely has to control the fatness. I'm like, it's literally just an EQ stage. It's just an EQ stage. A company can put whatever they want on the pedal. It doesn't matter what they call it. You know, it's just printing. They can they can they can name it anything, right? And where do you I'm, put the fat in the circuit, though? Depends. Before the I, buffer, I, I need the fat. I, where do I put? 
Like I have a bunch of fat. I cut some chorizo this weekend and I mm-hmm. feel like it could go in a petal. What did you cut it with? No, that's a totally different type of fat. Oh. Huh. I'm talking about when you look at the EQ curve, you need the lard? EQ frequency spread. So we're talking <laughs> or about butter. The, no, just the fat part of the frequency. You know, spectrum. fat, P-H-A-T, pretty hot and toneful. That's the control that we put. Um, I am part of, in fact, I am the founding member of the Society for Bringing Back Sensible Names for Guitar Knobs. I haven't thought of a clever acronym yet, but there must be one. Um, because I cannot stand when you make me think about what a control is on a guitar pedal. Like, yeah. again, we've gone through the whole jokes of this is scrongly, this is milky, this is very glacier-like. But honestly, if you put controls that don't do what they say they do, I'm never going to use your pedal. Because if I have to look at your pedal and go, well, what does the, the parabolic width do? And I, I have no idea what it does. Or it says, toast, what does the toast control do? I'm never going to use it. Because I just don't brownness. When you need the brown sound, you put on more toast. Maybe. But you see, you think that. For me, maybe it controls the amount of marmalade applied. Because that would be a more British application of toast. So, I don't like it. I don't know. I don't care that much. I just turn the knobs and find out what I think sounds good. I really don't even care what they say. I only use it for reference later. Not when I'm like exploring (sighs) a pedal. I think I'm probably the opposite of that. I, w- I want to know what frequency it is. I want to know what the width of the frequency is. I want to but know most what people kind don't of even know what the frequency range for a guitar is. So they what would mean nothing to them. You'd be like, oh, this guitar is a little bit of the 4K. People, most people don't even know what that is. <laughs> Actually, really? it's, the, it's the 5K. Yeah. So if someone says it's 1K. Most people don't know what most players is. have no idea what that means. Are you f- for real? For real? You're blowing my mind right now. Are you being serious? I am dead serious. They don't know. You know what? I want to hear from. If you don't know what we mean when we say one K, I want to hear from you. I, I think they might know that, that it's a frequent, a part of the frequency spectrum, but they don't know. Like they couldn't like listen to a sound and be like, "That sounds I mean, like it's let, about one K." Let's elevate this because I can do I, that it, because it, I've it, spent some time in the box trying to figure out what that means. So, look, but like. But most people I, I just, who just play and rip you know, around, they don't know. You know, when I was 16 and I had my Craco car stereo with a three-band EQ on it, there was a dial that said 1KHZ. And I learned real quick, when you turn it up, it gets honky. And when you turn it down, it gets scary. No, that was just the music you were listening to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were just listening to some honky music. Um I, yeah. I mean, I'm going to say oh, this, listeners, music. That's, right. that's, mm-hmm. that's where the country tones come in, right that's, there. That's right. Rather than contact Brian <laughs> and, and tell him that he, um, he, you know, you know what 1K is, I would like everybody listening to maybe just leave a little voice message for Brian with your singing impersonation of a one kilohertz tone, please. Yes, that would be, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Exactly. That would be fantastic. And if Thank you're you. really talented, 20 hertz. 20 or 20 hertz. Yeah, I want to hear that. Yeah, got, yeah. Let's that. hear 20 hertz. Yeah. Yeah. And 20 and 20,000 hertz. Actually, both. And 20,000. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you got that range, baby, you're going to, you got a career. You know, the human body vibrates. Hold on, hold on, Brian. I've got five a, or six hertz? A, a mini Ripperton on the phone calling from the grave. She wants to demonstrate <laughs> 20,000 hertz. <laughs> 
I wonder if any anyone has ever used the guitar to find the resonant frequency of a of a structure and destroyed that structure using the tones from their guitar. That's a possible physical thing to do. That should be your New Year's resolution, Blake, well, to destroy something using the resonant frequency of the material. Yeah, but you've, you've got those ducks or whatever it was that you were using frequencies to. Uh, yeah, yeah, harm. they haven't been really back this year, which is nice. <laughs> I wonder what happened. It's so weird. Uh, hey, I got a new guitar for Christmas, gentlemen. What? You did? I did. Would you like to Way see to the guitar? Way to bury the lead. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Hold on. It's very pink. See, I oh, dig it. that's fun. G- GT Pro Performer Pink, I'm going to call that. I like that. I like that. I like that color. Yeah. Anna calls it, I'm asking you lots of questions on Christmas Day about your sexuality, Pink. But, you know, that's my wife. Um, oh. <laughs> I like it. it. So it's a Black Star travel guitar because I intend to travel next year and I want something to plug in. It feels a little bit like a ukulele in my hand. So it's about the size of a sure. ukulele. You're also so, like 6'9", though. No, I'm six one, but six two ish. But yeah. Richard's holding a baritone guitar right now for everybody that's listening. Yeah, <laughs> and it looks like a ukulele. Yeah. What What's really interesting is it's eighteen fret, so you know you're not going to be playing the solo for money on it. Let's put it that way, or potentially even Hotel California. But you can play most things. The frets are pretty much full size. There's not. They're not bad. Hmm. I mean, you have to squish them down a little bit. But who who makes this thing? This is a Black Star uh, Carry On. It's called. Nice little bolted cool. neck. Black Star, the amp company. Yeah. Uh, single. Uh, I guess it's a mini humbucker and a mm-hmm. Les Paul style bridge and a tone. And you can see where the strings go. Interestingly, I was going to take some strings with me. Well, I've just read it's strung with twelve to fifty twos to keep the tension at Cause, that cause length. Scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be needing me some twelve to fifty twos, but I'll take some elevens with me just to be <laughs> see what happens. Uh, hopefully, I won't break it in my suitcase. But I've learned a very valuable lesson here, boys, because when you plug it in, it sounds amazing. So you know when people say, "Oh, I've got this, and it's ash wood, or it's this wood, or it's that," tone isn't in the wood; it's in the pickups, my friends. And the amps. I think Jim Lil did a video about this and it blew a lot of folks' minds. It did. It blew up the internet, much like Brian when he announced the Tumnus Germanium Deluxe 3. We didn't we <laughs> announce that. The super deluxe Germanium. The, the we double put the extra Germanium, germanium diode in here. There's yeah. an extra, extra Germanium in those. Mm-hmm. I, I really dig it, and I paid £100 from the lovely gentleman. This is an Anderton special edition, I think. So I'm directly paying towards Lee Anderton's legal fees. I don't know, whatever he spends his money on. <laughs> but uh, I love it. Thanks, Lee. You've made my Christmas. Um, it's the second best thing that I did this Christmas was get that and play around with that. Very, That's very flexible guitar. Thing. Yeah, the, the first best thing was my Scalextric track, but we'll come on to that. Uh, but you can play it properly. Like, you can bend it properly. It feels good. It doesn't feel like a premium guitar, clearly. It was £100, but it doesn't feel like it was badly made, and it seems to kind of, like, the intonation seems pretty good. The only thing I would say is it does tend to go out of tune a little bit quicker than a regular guitar. So you probably Mm. have to tune it every hour to keep it 
perfect, I would say. But it's also new, so that could have it, something it to do with new, it. It is new, and it's been abused because it's been around my lounge, and it's Christmas time, and there's all kinds of noxious fumes and gases that may be being emitted that can warp <laughs> wood. Um, but that was an interesting thing with my cousin. So my cousin is... Um, my cousin Paul has always been really brilliant with all things like mechanical and woodworky, and he's got like one of those shops where all the tools are neatly laid out. And he borrowed my guitar, and he looks at every guitar, and he went, no, the next boat on this, dude. I'm like, it is? I never noticed. And he showed me how to look at it and work out that the neck was indeed bowed. Uh, and I was like, well, I could adjust the truss rod on it. He's like, yeah, the reality is, is when summer comes around, it's probably just going to spring back into place. So I was going to ask you guys, do you ever really worry if your necks get slightly bowed in the winter? Yes. Or you do worry? I, uh, I have this weird problem where I have too many guitars and the humidity is always changing. So that means like three times a year, I'm literally taking all my guitars in to get completely reset up and tweaked on and all that kind of stuff. I just don't have the time to, I don't have the time to actually work on them. No, so right it's... now I got a buddy down the road who he's, he's been working on all my fret work and my necks and everything else because everything just goes completely out of whack. Interesting. Except for my, my Whitfields. My Whitfields do really good. Well, luckily, my Les Paul, which is now an official vintage Les Paul, uh, that's very straight, because that would have worried me if it was like, that's gone really curvy, but that's pretty solid, right? Uh, but the, the Telecaster, it, it needs a bit of love. So I don't know whether... I, I probably need to just go and get a few of my guitars set up, I think. You know, I just... I have tried a thousand times to set up guitars, and I, that for some reason, I just don't have that skill. Every time I do, I just Which mess it up. Which is really more. surprising because you are like a know. natural woodworker. Like your happy it's places with strange. a framing hammer and a piece of wood. I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. For some reason, guitars just, every time I do work on them, like as far as like trying to fix that type of thing, it just completely makes it worse. It just plays even worse. And I'm like, what Whereas, am I doing wrong? What I'm guessing wrong? you're brilliant at adjusting guitars, uh, Blake, because you are very handy with all things uh i can do it um and i have but fortunately i have the opposite situation of brian it's pretty stable out here and i don't tour you know so everything stays Yet. in pretty good shape most Early of the days. time yeah sure yeah, um, interesting but, yeah i can i can definitely get it set up to where uh it's playing right the thing is usually what i'll do when I say that it's pretty stable and it is, but like if I go like three or four years and it's like, oh, I haven't had a guitar worked on in a while. I can probably pick out three or four of them that could use some adjustment here or there. And by that time, it takes so much of my time. I'll just drop it off at my preferred local tech. Just like I could do it, but he's going to have it done in two days, you know, and I can just go pick it up and it's ready to rock again. Or I can spend an hour here, an hour there. Oops, got to go do something else now. Oh, another hour here, hour. And like by the time I get through all of them, it'll be three weeks. And it's just easier for me just to take it to him, do the thing. And I think I'm going to have to Even though I do know how to do year. a lot of it. Yeah, no, I think that's what I'm going to have to do. Um, guys, I don't know whether you saw this article. Um, I think it was on Total Guitar. But this, uh, actually, Guitar World, this, um, this journalist has discovered such crazy things as Joe Bonamassa's Seafoam Green 
Jazz Master Backscratcher and his Flying V Salt and Pepper Pots. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they are the very subjects we discussed about three years ago. Are we that far say, ahead of our time? Was that 2019 or 2020? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean it was get a with long the program, time. bro. Yeah, I mean, you may be getting the big bucks as a you know journalist for the guitar mags, but we're we're the, we're the kids on the scene. We've broken a back scratch yeah, already. I mean, maybe it's just one of those things where it's a slow news week, and you're like, you know what? I haven't given Joe some love for a while. Let's give him some merch, some merch I love. G- yeah. I haven't given Joe love for at least three days. I better publish another article about him. Speaking of giving Joe love, I mean, did you see that a scammer posing as him was sending love messages to Joanne Shaw Taylor via um, DMs on Instagram? What? Yeah, that's crazy. I think that's an amusing, uh, amusing prank. Um, my oh, by the way, my friend Mark pulled off the best Christmas prank on me. He sent me a fifth, a fake fifty-pound voucher for the business owned by the person who has ripped me off the most on this planet, whose name makes my blood boil when I think about it. And he, like, sent me a £50 voucher to go and use at his facilities. And I was like, <laughs> looked at it, I was like, is this genuine? Oh, my God. I mean, my blood did start to boil. It's boiling now a bit. That was a good prank. That got me completely. Hey, before we go... Um, <laughs> Joe, I, wait, hold on. It's uh, Joe Banamassa. B-N-A-N-A. Yes, M-A-S-S-A. That, that banana, ma- banana massa. And <laughs> yeah, banana massa. He's happy, <laughs> but not that much happy, according to his profile. <laughs> I I would oh, I would like to be called Joe Banana Massa. I think that would be a good stage name. Uh, that's a that's a good fake profile right there. That's funny. Joe, Joe yeah. Banana Massa. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah. I think it is time for us to go. Who, who's reading out the credits this week? All right, well, let me give a huge shout-out to our executive producers real quick. All right, Bill Bays, Justin Burke, David Tindall, Night Haas, Dave Trombetti, Shannon Weaver and the band Reduced to Rust, Eric Wilson, Radar Frosted, Michael Freer, Sean Arbo of Gun Street Wiring, Rick Cahoon of Honey Picks, Patrice Fournays, Dylan Toxtone, Scientific Uppercut, Kevin Harrington, Barry from Grez Guitars, Tom Kelly, Jake Young from the Man the Helm podcast, Pigsy, John O'Neill, Robert Carr, Hunter Hudson, Rob Stokes, El Giburito, El Giburito, can I, is that right? El Giburito? All right, that's, I don't know, don't know what that means. Maybe it means Telecaster in Spanish or something. Nick Spano, Nick Spano, Sasha Sir, Jay Stratton, Seth Williford, Harry Post, Grumpy Mike, Harvey Pedals, Allison Carroll, Patrick Zeller, Bum Laser, Anthony Stevens, Chris Brown, Philip Carter of the 40 Watt Podcast, Mark Bauman, Bowman, that gets me every time. That's what you are now, Mark. Mark Bauman, Christopher Logan, and Jason Englehart. And um, we'll see you on Patreon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Chasing Tone Podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email podcast at wamplerpedals.com, and I'll personally get your email. To email Blake, simply email info at tonemob.com, and Richard can be reached at richard at wamplerpedals.com. If you'd like to show your support for the show, the simplest and free way to do that is to share this podcast with a friend, leave a review and a rating wherever you normally get your podcasts, 
Also check out Blake's podcast called The Tone Mob. And make sure you check out WamplerPedals.com for blogs, videos, and of course, guitar effects. If you'd like to hear the post-podcast conversations and to get even more content, twice the amount of podcast episodes, simply check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash chasing tone podcast. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. 